When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. everyone this is david welcome back behind the velvet rope let's just get right into it today because we are joined by two wonderful sisters the two sisters from the pop apologist podcast we welcome the ones the onlys (laughs) miss lauren and chandler bledsoe hello wow Oh my gosh. I don't think we've ever been that enthusiastically introduced in our lives. Like, I don't even think when we came out of our mother's vaginas, uh, that there was that much excitement. So thank you. I mean, even when we start our own episodes, we're like, well, 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 we're doing this again. (laughs) I guess we're back. (laughs) Listen, you guys are from the pop apologist podcast and this ain't no joke here today. So welcome. I'm on my first cup of coffee. So bear with me. I'm two cups deep. I'm two cups deep. And I hope to be able to match your energy. Oh my God. Well, I was just on your podcast. So everyone listening can go and check me out on the pop apologist podcast. And, you know, hopefully everyone that listened loved my appearance on your podcast. And now you guys are here. So before we get into all that we got to talk about going on in the Bravo world and reality TV, just question, how do you guys start your podcast? Tell me, I don't know. Okay. And why? Yeah. Wh- how the hell do did two commoners you know, two total nobodies decide that the masses needed to hear their voices. Well, first of all, narcissism. Second mm-hmm. of all, um, you know, we were just obsessed with pop culture. We actually started in 2016. Um, so this was in the early days of podcasting. Earlier. That's early. I didn't think you started that. Did you take a break? I thought you started like last <laughs> we did. year. Okay. We, oh, we yes. had a we had a parent imposed hiatus after about three months or so of being on the airwaves. Lauren and I were both in college and our parents were, you know, funding our cell phone bills amongst other things. Uh, And our, our parents were quite embarrassed of our podcast. You know, we talked about things like Orlando Bloom's nudes on the paddleboard. If anybody remembers that iconic moment. Um, And so our parents found out and our parents are very religious and conservative. And they said, uh, if you have 24 hours to take down the podcast or else you, we will no, no longer pay your cell phone bill. 
Um, that was enough to deter Lauren and I, we were so broke <laughs> and we said no problems. And then the pop apologist went dark for about four years. I thought you were going to say your parents said, you know, see, like, that's good. My parents, they don't care. They're not embarrassed by anything. We're like Jews. Not, they're not so liberal, but I mean, they're divorced and they're totally different, but it would just be like, well, you spend your time doing this and how much money do you make? And oh then gosh. they, and then they would be like, well, what? In, in the beginning, I mean, now behind the velvet rope is a thing, but in the beginning they would be like, you know, we want to hear about, <laughs> like, this is how the Jewish parents think. They're like, if you can't make the money, then why are you out of bed this morning to do this? We don't understand. Our parents are actually the total opposite. Whereas they basically never even talked to us about potentially having a career. It was always like, oh, don't worry about that. You know, like you're going to find a great husband, like, and stay in college as long as possible, have as Mm -hmm. much fun as possible. So when the dark reality crushed us that we had to actually like figure out how to pay for a roof over our heads, uh, it was, it was a reckoning. Okay. So at least your parents were in the real world. I don't know. I would have loved for my parents when I was young to just be like, sweetie, you're going to find a nice husband. Don't worry about it. I would have been like, there's hope for me. Instead, here I am single and I'm just like a workhorse that works 24 hours a day. So I'm not so sure that my parents did me such well. But I've always said I'm successful in every business I go into. And personally, man, it's a mess. Um, well, well, David, you're really hot. Sorry I'm to interject, but you're like a very good looking man. So how is that possible? Well, first of all, thank you. Second of all, some people do, you know, I have an episode with someone really famous coming up and she has an interesting voice. I'm not going to give it away. And she okay. said, she said on the podcast, she said, I swear to God, you'll hear it when it comes up. It's someone really, it's a big name. And she's like, wait a second. I think I finally understand how people react to me. She's like, cause I have such a strange voice and then they see me and I'm kind of pretty. And she's like, you're really attractive. And I'm like, so I guess based on my voice, I just sound like I am hideous. Oh my gosh. I would never think that first of all. Like, um, and also who says that? That's so funny. It, I will well, say the voice doesn't match David. You are yeah. very hot and you definitely have a more eccentric voice compared to how hot you are. So well, feel free to, you know, sl- slide into my DMS and start with a list. You can show me pictures. You can shot me off. Feel free to send my pictures to anyone you'd like. I mean, I'm available, sweetie. Okay. We'll blast you. We'll blast you on our, on our mm-hmm. IG. COVID has taught me like, man, it's maybe, maybe those people that are settled down have they're, they're not so dumb after all, <laughs> you know, as you spend many days alone at the beginning of COVID. So yeah. Well, thank you for the compliment. You guys are both gorgeous too. Where are you getting? You're in New York, right? I'm in New York. Yes. I'm in gorgeous Midtown. Um, Times Square is just a, a stone's throw. I act, I just moved here for the summer. Did not realize how close my apartment that I was subletting was to Times Square, but I'm re- really close to the Applebee's and the Olive Garden. If you ever want to go, you know, drinks on me. Listen, <laughs> You say that as a joke, but let me tell you, I have a secret, like, low-end side. I don't even know if it's Great. such a secret. I <laughs> love a good, I've been to that Red Lobster in Times Square, honey. Let's go. The days that you just want to roll out of bed and throw on sweats, and you're just like, I just want to drink. Like, I don't care right. about looking pretty. These are the places you attend. I want a blooming Onion, and I want a blue cocktail. And that's, yeah. that's all I want in this life. It's a simple ask. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not a bad way to go. You see all the tourists, mm-hmm. you feel good right. about yourself for a few minutes. Right. All right. So let's get into it. Well, your podcast is great and everyone needs to listen. And I loved having you. Thank you. On, so thank you. Now I want to start with Roni. Let's start with the Real Housewives of New York. I mean, everyone is screaming. We have a crisis on our hands. And I guess my first question is, do we have a, listen, and here, this is a safe space, ladies. This is a safe space. So we're all, we're honest here. Do we have a crisis on our hands? Um, Bethany Frankel needs to fly in on a jet. I guess she's already there in New York, so she doesn't necessarily need to fly in, but she needs to be wearing a, this is a crisis t-shirt on Instagram and saving (laughs) The Real Housewives of New York. I understand that the, the the building collapse in Miami is super tragic, but once that situation has been resolved, she has a new mission. Okay, because yes, we absolutely have a crisis. Be strong needs to step in. Well, you know, did you see her latest Instagram post? It's very cryptic. No. I well, I, I maybe I could pull it up. It says like basically, you know, like there was rumors. First of all, I don't think Andy Cohn cares. I don't think Bravo cares. I think, you know, I've had enough people on my podcast that have trashed Bravo to high end. And I think you can go back despite what you say. I mean, okay. Tamara was Tamara was on my podcast for two episodes and she didn't really trash it, but she didn't say the greatest things. And here she is going back. You know, there's just these rumors over the years that Bethany really, you know, like, you know, blah, blah. You know, she's put down housewives. Everyone knows that. But I don't think Andy cares. And I don't think Bravo cares. I think you can say anything you want in this business, like money talks. This is what mm-hmm. I've learned after two years of being the host of the Behind the Velvet Rope podcast. I could almost say anything and people don't even fucking care. They still will come on my show. Oh, kind of, not really. But Bethany made a very cryptic post that like she would not be successful. It wasn't like gushing, but it was like very business. Like I wouldn't be where I am if it wasn't for Bravo. And I have nothing but great things to say. So, okay, let's, let's in one sentence undo all the harm. And she's like, it was a very, you know, exciting. It was a time in life and it's got me to wear it. And she's like, and this is an exciting time too. So now people are reading into like, does that mean she's moved on? Or does that mean this is exciting? Hint, hint, hint. Negotiations have begun. Okay, Did I'm you watch slip her off my seat? If that's the case, yeah. uh, sorry to be crass, but no. I, I thought that we forever were saying goodbye to Bethany Frankel. I thought well, she's above it. She's interviewing Hillary Clinton on her podcast. But, or is she teasing out another stupid HBO show? You know, that's like, that's what I would presume. I doubt she's going back on Housewives. I bet she has some new show, some, you know, something nobody's going to watch. I would doubt it too. Like, I agree with both of you. I agree with Lauren that I really was like, no, no, no. Like the, the few people that I can tell you will never come back. Bethany is at the top of the list. I agree. I don't think she's coming back. I don't, but I do. I mean, her show failed. She, let's just be honest. You can. Oh my gosh. You, you, you can say that you've walked away from Mark Burnett and HBO Max to do your podcast. <laughs> but that's the, what we're gonna do. We're gonna walk away, away from HBO to do this podcast, <laughs> right? Like those of us that have a podcast, follow the money. <laughs> exactly. Know exactly how that works. So I don't know. I I don't know, but I don't think she's coming back. But I do think that. When she wanted to stay, apparently she wanted $5 million and they were like, you're crazy. But you look at like a Candy Burris who apparently gets like two something high twos. That's the rumor. Here's the, here's the, here's the real deal, David. Tell me. Okay. 
Bethany Frankel obviously is rich enough that she does not need the money. And even $5 million for Bethany Frankel is not actually going to move the needle wealth wise. So it's an ego thing. But beyond that, she, if she ever comes back, it's because she's addicted to fame and she loses relevance by every second she's not on that show because the HBO Max show was ridiculous. If you saw the opening episode where she takes out basically like the Leonardo da Vinci map of her brain and how brilliant she is, this is, <laughs> this is Bethany. This is the storehouse. This is the workhouse. This is the railroad. But you know, like it was, it was this map of her empire that was so contrived and ridiculous. It was one of the worst shows I've ever seen. And I do think that her notoriety and relevance diminishes by the second that she's not on housewives. And when you're not on TV, I think that I I just think that she feels it slipping away. And so if she ever comes back, it will be purely for fame. Well, I mean, you know, let's just call a spade a spade. I do think that she is addicted to fame. Yeah. She's a business person and blah, 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 but she likes the fame. I'm going to be honest with you. Well, and, and (laughs) honestly, like, what is she doing in the business world? Like, what is she doing right now in the business world? Selling skinny girl jeans and and like revolutionizing plus size, plus size jeans under a skinny girl brand. Like her brands are ridiculous. Like she's living off the money from Jim Beam, obviously in investments. And what else is there to do? Really? Popcorn can only go selling popcorn can only take you so far, David. This is true. And, you know, I recently had Mr. Wonderful on Mr. Kevin O'Leary from Shark Tank. And I don't know if you saw it went viral. I mean, of course, I asked him about Bethany and yeah. had a viral moment where he's like, you know, she's listen, Kevin O'Leary is it was one of the everyone should listen. It's one of the best episodes I love because you could I asked him business advice, like legitimate business advice, but he was being nice. And he's like, you know, yeah, she's a crazy chicken. And you like and I'm like, well, OK, you know, thanks. But I need a little more details. Like on a scale of one to ten, let's just break <laughs> this down. And he's like, you know how they say like on a scale from one to 10, like she's an 11. He's like, well, on a scale from one to 10, she's a 15 of crazy. Chicken. Oh my God. And I'm like, you're such a nice guy. You're really basically <laughs> calling her fucking insane is really what you're <laughs> right. calling her. And he has a deal with her. He has an investment with her. So it's like, he has something with her in the real world. And he's like, interesting. I don't know if the sharks are rolling out the red carpet for Bethany anymore. Yeah. I actually know someone who, and I'll keep names and everything out of it, who used to be her social media, like coordinator, one of her interns. And yeah, she basically said it was like even worse than like the TV showed and the TV showed crazy, crazy. So I can only imagine. What did she say? Um, I mean, just that like trying to, I actually worked for her for like, you know, under six months. But that it was like those couple of months were some of the most hellish times and that it was like absolutely insane. Like did Bethany just call it all hours? Like do this, do this, do this. Yeah. And I think just like maybe not fully understanding the job description, like, and what, what those, what it means and what it doesn't mean, that type of thing. Huh. So I don't know. I mean, I agree that she won't come back, but I think she... I guess she would save the show, right? Like, would she save it or have people? She would have, she would the save world the world hasn't changed that much, right? Like yeah. Bethany would be welcome. The Bethany has a wit that goes, that's like so far beyond any other housewife that's been on any, any of the franchises we watch. We don't watch all the franchises, but truly I think Bethany is so hilarious 
and it's such interesting observations. And I think that she truly thinks she's better than all of the other housewives, yeah. probably for good reason. I mean, look at her business success. So I think that absolutely, I think that she would absolutely save the show. Absolutely. She'd well, be Jesus and- Christ to Real Housewives in New York City. She would say and- Bethany's level of wealth is so fascinating to watch. I I feel like all of the housewives have, uh, New York housewives have downsized apartment wise. And that's actually been really depressing for me as a viewer to see. Like, (laughs) I don't want to see a one bedroom in Midtown. Like I already lived that life. I want to see them. I want to see her like, uh, you know, elevators open up into her sprawling department store size, you know, apartment. Having her come down to the white Escalade, you know, Mm -hmm. the driver. Kevin. Yeah. 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 I, I I agree. I think she would save it. I agree with her wit. I mean, it's just like, it's almost like you feel like saying to her, like, stop fighting it. Like you have, mm-hmm. the, you have the money from selling skinny girl, the mm-hmm. liquor part of it. This is your, tr- listen, this is not for everyone. This is your true calling in life. You can sleep on the job while they're filming right. and open your eyes and say one sentence. And it is so, yes, witty. And it is, it is, it is on point. And the self dep like, there's something about her that it's just like, she cuts through the bullshit. She's like, mm-hmm. and it's funny. And she does it to herself too. That's what it is. It's funny. I mean, I was watching, okay. I was watching the, the, re- the season two reunion last night, actually. And when she calls out Kelly Ben Simone for essentially pretending to be like this, like hippy dippy bohemian doing cartwheels, driving a pickup truck when really she's living in a $15 million house in the Hamptons. Like she's just, like you said, she cuts through the noise. She exposes people for who they are. And I think that it's what makes her like such a talented t- television personality. Yeah. And it's not like she's down to earth. It's not like she's going to go be hippy dippy, but like, she'll say like, just cut the shit. Like, this is not how the average hippy dippy is living. You're in the Hamptons, like right. at Le Biblioquet and you know, you're living in $15 million house and you take a car service everywhere. So just be honest. It's you're not funny. a woman of the people. Totally. Right. It's funny. Now, if Bethany came back, okay, well, before we get there, let's get into why, why is this off the rails? Is it for the obvious reasons that the whole world thinks so? Like, do you think it's off the rails that it's because of ebony and po- politics and all of that? I mean, I personally think, first of all, how long have we been in Salem, Massachusetts? First of all, I feel like we've been in Salem, Massachusetts since like, I don't know, 300 AD at this point. We're never going to leave that dimly lit hotel. It's a purgatory. Just call it the Real Housewives of Mass, man. <laughs> um, okay, but but on a zooming out, the reason why this show sucks now is because instead of it being about like the eccentric personalities and actual lives of rich women, and 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 like some friction that happens between them naturally and organically, it's transitioned to being a an ensemble cast. That's basically all about made up bullshit drama between each other. And it's just lost all of the charm, all of the realness. And like, I was, okay, I was watching the scene. I think it was season, it's season two of Roni where, uh, where Ramona says to Luann, you married a man twice your age. Like she lets that slip. And it's this glorious moment of like a friend saying something that they shouldn't have. And it's embarrassing. And Luann really gets upset and you watch as they work it out. And by the end of the scene, they've worked it out. Well, 
cut to now, you know, 2021 housewives, that one content that would have been, or comment that would have been content for the entire season. Right. And that would have been a fight for the entire season. Like we're just watching an ensemble cast of basically actors thrown together or women thrown together. And it's not about their lives. It's just about fake drama. And it's, uh, it's really, really unfortunate. Yeah. And I mean, I don't even know if we might've talked this about this on your podcast, but like, I don't know. I forgot if you watched like bling empire on Netflix, which was phenomenal. It literally think, I mean, the movie crazy rich Asians think that in reality, one of them was apparently even in the mix for Beverly Hills housewives at one point, Christine, it's like these people, this group of Asian friends was so fucking wealthy yeah. There was no like Dorit and PK or it's, it was real money. There's no scandals that have come out, but it was like, <laughs> it was like this. I'm not joking. One, the, the girl, the, it was, it was like, not even anything it was like a heiress worth billions. This one's worth 10. I mean, we're talking, some people had was worth billions yeah. and then others were worth like $500 million. That is what, you know, and then there was like, oh my God, is this tone deaf and during COVID? No, actually it was very highly rated. People want to escape. So like pick mm-hmm. a lane and stay mm-hmm. in there. And so like, to your point, like what you were saying um, was right. Like these are normal apartments for anyone that doesn't live in New York. We could all have Sonia's apartment. We could all right. have Luann's apartment. No offense to those. I mean, I understand that it's still better than like 98% of the real world lives, but it's not, I mean, this is New York. There is filthy, there's Beverly Hills money here in New York mm-hmm. times. Right. Like, not like, oh, there's a one woman in the corner. It's like, there's thousands and thousands and thousands of women with a gazillion trillion billion dollars private planes that would want to be on this show there's a lot yeah, that would would love to be famous yes, but there's right. plenty and, that would and i think when you hit that level of wealth you don't care to some degree if you say something that you know everybody hates you don't care if you get canceled to some degree and i think that we can feel a little bit how much these cast members need this paycheck and so they are tiptoeing or, you know, making sure that they're doing everything the producers say or whatever. I mean, there's just not that level of degaff that, frankly, I like to see in my reality TV. Also, I mean, I think that for seasons and seasons, we were just spoiled. We had Luann's getting arrested, Luann's family drama, marrying Tom, Tom cheating. Like there was just action-packed seasons with a great cast. And now I just like think in the last like couple of years, like the drama has really been on a downslide and you know, we, we were just spoiled and I don't know how to get back to it. Did you also see real quick what Jill Zarin said about, I know your thoughts about Jill Zarin, but what she said about why the show is the ratings are crashing. I kn- I saw it because this podcast is quoted in it. Believe it or not, this, this is the great thing. Let me tell you something. We'll take a five second aside. This, <laughs> the great thing about being in the press all the time is there are articles that are then written. Like I told, I think I told you this, I don't know if I told you this, but like Heather Dubrow going back to the housewives, which I mean, Heather was on my show a year ago, every article, if you Google Heather, there's like a million articles. It brings up this podcast when she was here a year ago. And she said, never say never. It, that is literally out of all the places she said this, this podcast has become the, the quote. Same thing with this Jill Zarin article it has nothing to do with me. It then says every article at the end, it says, and Luann de Lesseps was recently on the behind. I mean, it's not like I, I pay these people. I'm minding my own <laughs> business and my Google alerts are going off. And it's like Luann de Lesseps was recently on the behind the velvet rope podcast and said she would love for Tinsley or Aviva to come back. And I'm like, these are just the gifts that keep giving. Right, but yes, right. I did see that. 
about Jill Zarin. I did. And do you agree? So we can top line what she said, but basically it was just that, you know, the show is faltering because we're not seeing husbands and we're not seeing like the family dynamics that people really come for. And I agree to some degree. I don't know about you guys. Like I agree and I don't agree. And it's not just because I can't stand Jill Zarin because I can't stand (laughs) Jill Zarin. It's like... I mean, yes, I get it. I have someone on my show next week who's rumored to be in the mix for New York Housewives who has a husband. And we talk about that, about how like you would be, probably this is helping you. But I feel like yes, or like just go the other way. You know what I mean? I feel like it could be the exception, like sex in the city, but this cast has gotten it wrong now somehow. But I I, I agree. I don't disagree with you. Well, I think, I think like, okay, remember when they, they actually went on vacation, they showed Simon and Alex and St. Bart's on in vacation by themselves. When's the last time they have filmed just one family on, on vacation somewhere else, they've flown production to wherever they are to get them to, you know, film them in an exotic location to actually film their lives. That's the extent they were trying in the beginning. And I think that, no longer do we see any of those kind of more private domestic scenes and scenes between families. It's all about the ensemble and how, and the drama between the ensemble. And I think people really do miss watching like wealthy families be wealthy to, together. I mean, it's a, it's a beautiful thing to witness. And I think we miss it. Also, if we're going to have single women on the show, which is fine and great, I want to see them dating. I want to see them like trying to date and getting, you know, rejected right. or whatever. Like, I want to see it all. We don't see anything from Leah's love life. I mean, we just hear about this pastry cannoli, whatever the hell guy, crepe. I don't know. I don't remember, <laughs> but some sort of bread maker. Pita, but yeah, I want to see that. Pita <laughs> just went through all the breads. <laughs> No, but you're right. Like, I mean, who, I mean, Luann just had an alone scene with Victoria recently about being an alcoholic, but you're right. Like we don't see alone scenes Mm -mm. that much for any of these women. And I think it's laziness. I really think it's laziness. I don't always think, I don't think it's necessarily just a casting problem. I think it's a producer problem. I think they, it's just so much easier to have a form. Like it's so much easier as an employee to just have a formula and to execute on the formula than to be creative and do the work to follow these people 24 seven, to find the golden idiosync- idiosyncratic eccentric moments. And they're just not doing that work anymore. So do we think that this has gone off the rails, you know, because of all the politics that are apparently being discussed or is it, is that the biggest reason Yes, 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 100%. Uh, the viewers are not tuning in to a CBS, you know, one hour special on race in America. They're turning, tuning into the Real Housewives of New York City, and I don't think they want to hear about it. I just don't. I think that people want to, it's like, it's like people want to have those conversations and learning and do that work in private, in a different mode. They're not sitting down on their sectional to watch you know, discussions on really important subjects by the Real Housewives of New York City. That's just not what they come there for. And then I wonder, like, how did we get here? Like, you know, because now there is, you know, there's all those, oh, Ebony ruined it, Ebony ruined it. I'm just saying that that's what everyone says. And then did you see recently Ebony says, you know, fuck off, like, why are you blaming me? This is the, on the producers. 
which that's a slippery slope when you start blaming production and Bravo. If you mm-hmm. want, just a bad look in your second season. First. Oh right, right, right. But I know this season has gone on so long; it feels like a second. It feels season. like a fourth. <laughs> but I mean, like, I just wonder, like, if. Because listen, you can have a diverse cast. Like I watch Big Brother. Big Brother is the most diverse cast it's ever been. They don't have one black person. They don't have one gay person. This season, they have all sorts of black people, all sorts of gay people. This one's lesbian. This one's bi. This one's half Ethiopian and half Indian. It's like, it is a fully integrated cast without making an announcement. And you're like, I've never seen a cast on Big Brother this integrated before. Obviously, we're caught catching up to the times. There was a way to make a divert, like, look, like Salt Lake. There's a way to make, Mm -hmm. so it's like, did they say to Ebony, this is your mission in life? Or is it just that this is Ebony's mission? Like she has said, this is my life's work. She says things like that. I'm not coming for Ebony. She was on the show and I fucking love her. I'm just saying like, I wonder if it's just, this is who Ebony is. The wait is over. That's right. Season five of the Kardashians is here. Just when you thought life couldn't get any faster, they're punching it into overdrive. Chris, Courtney, Kim, Chloe, Kendall, and Kylie are back and continue to defy expectations in all their endeavors. So get ready to go behind the glitz and glamour of the most iconic family on television. The all-new season of The Kardashians premieres May 23rd, streaming on Hulu. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Or, like the producer said, this needs to be a topic of discussion. Um... I, it's like, Chandler, do you have an opinion on this? Because I personally feel like whether the producers put it in her ear or whether this is coming like from the depths of Ebony's heart, I couldn't say, I can't solve that mystery, but I, but I do think it's interesting that Ebony was like a Fox news anchor loving on Trump at one point in time. So it's, I think it's a strange evolution to now be like, no, her main mission is a different, you know, a totally different agenda. And so I don't know if it was, you know, to gain, you know, public, uh, public opinion or to just like capitalize on the moment and time she was in, or if it truly like, you know, if it truly is just what she believes, what she wants to talk about all the time. And if that's the case, great. Like, you know, join, join, go back to being a news anchor. Not, don't be a real housewife of New York City. I, I think it's a response on the production and on Ebony's end to the moment in time, what you said. I think they probably started filming very quickly after, you know, everything happened last summer and with Black Lives Matter. And I think it was just, we have to show up in this moment, like a lot of brands and people felt like they had to do. And I think that that's, you know, that's what led to this whole storyline and this edit um, being really politics heavy. I agree with all that. And just something to think about. And then I have some other questions, but like if, and I'm not saying she's the ideal either, but like, imagine if 
this job went to, because I know other people that were in the mix for this particular job, but just okay. let's, let's forget about these people. Let's, what if this job went to Bershawn? I mean, imagine how different it would be this season. What, or, or, or would it? Would it we be still be here? And I'm not saying here is bad. I'm just saying that's just something to think of. I like Bershawn. I would kind yeah. of like that. I think it would have been a much better season if it had gone to Bershawn, for sure. Without a doubt. That's what a lot of people say. I mean, Bershawn says, I mean, this is a direct quote, kind of. I'm rephrasing it, but she'll say, like, I don't disagree with Ebony's anything Ebony is saying at all. I mm-hmm. just, my style is different. She says, I mean, she said this to me personally, like, go out and, you know, like, get to be friends with people and then, un- you know, explain the world rather than just say, here's how it all works. So I think right. we would have a different season. I do. Yeah. Well, I'm not coming have, for anyone. I'm just, I have one con- conspiracy theory. And that is that Leah and Ebony teamed up and we're like, our storyline is that we are woke and everyone on this cast is old and outdated and antiquated and maybe a little bit racist or ha- at least have like those, you know, inherent beliefs. And we're going to, you know, make sure that like, that's our storyline. I mean, I don't know if it was that clear, cut of a conversation but like that's what's happening right and they if you're saying that because I'm not disagreeing that they took that I mean I doubt it would be Ebony because it's her first season but they took that upon themselves like Mm -hmm. oh we are this is it like we are gonna we are here for 30 years we are gonna this season we are superstars yeah Yes. No, I mean, the scene in Ramona's apartment where Ebony is wanting to talk to her about politics, that was Ebony trying to get Ramona fired. 100%. I I just do not believe that. I don't believe that she was having that conversation in good faith. I think it was purely because she knew that, you know, the masses and the mobs would come after Ramona if she let slip that she's a conservative. And so she was trying to needle her and get that out of her at one way or the other. And I just, you know, I think that Ramona Singer is like one of the, one of God's greatest gifts to reality television. And so <laughs> that really hurt my soul when she tried to take her off our screens. Yes. And yes. And I don't think it works. Like Andy has even said like Kelly, and I do believe this. I mean, listen, I think Kelly Dodd is fired because Heather Dubrow is back. It's that right. simple. I'm right. not saying Kelly would have come back for sure, but I really don't think you know, saying to Andy, well, you don't like me because I like Trump at the reunion and wearing her drunk wives matter. I don't think that's why Kelly got fired. I think Bravo's like, you know, I think they read the comments, but they don't listen. I mean, they, they, if, I think if you're inherently disliked as a person and people can't relate to you like Bronwyn, then that surely helps you get fired. But I think with Kelly, when lots of people love her and then a lot of mm-hmm. people are like, she loves Trump. I don't think Bravo cares. They're like, well, you're allowed to have an opinion in this country. So, I mean, I, I think that, yes, but I don't, I don't disagree with you that this all happened. And it sounds like you think it stems from Leah. But come, Cam, coming up with this plan, yeah. so to speak. Yeah, that would be like, I mean, I would venture a guess. Only have, only the hiring of Heather Paige Kent Dubrow could provoke you or motivate you to fire Kelly Dodd, a woman who calls one of the other housewives' dads big dick daddy. Okay. <laughs> that's the only, that's the only reason. Kelly Dodd was an excellent housewife. I know that we talked about how she does steal the scenes a lot, but she's 
a hell of a lot more entertaining than 90% of the women on Real Housewives of Orange County. And so I, I agree with you. I think that she was fired to get Heather Page Kent. And yeah. And you know what? That's a trade I'm willing to make because I love Heather DeBrow so fucking much. Page Kent, Heather Page Kent. So much. And don't kid yourself. Like, I think Ramona, and we'll get into it. I mean, I don't think Ramona and Luann and stuff are touchable. I don't know. But I think if Bethany came back, don't kid yourself. They, she would, they would listen. She could say, I want this one gone. Mm-hmm. And that's, I'll sign the contract. Yeah. Whoever that is, you better duck for cover because you might be gone. I mean, I think if it were Ramona, they would say, honey, we got to talk. How, how much we'll give you extra money. Mm-hmm. Um, and speaking of that, so then there was this, you know, okay, if Leah came up with this and let's get Ramona fired, then there's this rumor that Ramona is getting fired. And now there's this other rumor. We see that, you know, Leah leaked this to the press. Maybe Dorinda leaked it. All these people leaked this to the press. I mean, do we, are are we worried about Ramona getting fired? Because I'm not, I don't think it's happening. I think 0% chance. Frankly, I'm more worried about, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead, Jen. Honestly, yeah, I'm not worried about Ramona getting fired. She is an excellent housewife. While she is like a one trick pony, I think people still really enjoy watching her. Sonia, on the other hand, is someone who I think is in the like line of fire because she's a one trick pony, but like it's more depressing and pathetic to watch than Ramona. I, uh, no, and then I'll let you go. I, before, like at the first episode this season, I said to everyone, including certain people that were on the New York housewives that are housewives, (laughs) I said, this is my prediction. I'm just, sometimes I'm wrong. I'm wrong a lot. I said, my prediction is the person out of this cast that will go first is Sonia. Nobody listened to me. I had arguments with the New York housewives and I said that, oh, she's a fan. I'm like, it doesn't. And then after the first episode, when Lumona was born, I was like, oh, 100%, I am correct. Sonia is leaving. Mm-hmm. She's mm-hmm. going to be the first one fired. And I stand by that. I, I still, and now as the season goes on, I'm like, hmm, I was right. But go on. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Well, no, I think that, I disagree. I don't think Ramona is a one-trick pony. I do think that she has a very eccentric personality and it just comes out in many iterations and many forms all the time. And it's very hilarious to witness. I think that Sonia has become a caricature of herself. So when it first began and she had all the interns and she was so wacky, it was so funny to watch. And it was almost like when you saw the scene this season of her in the bathtub, she's like, can't operate the iPad. Mm-hmm. It, she, it was almost like she was playing herself. That was what, that was what I felt. And, and it's, it's just become not interesting to watch anymore. And I think that's unfortunate because I do believe that she needs the paycheck from the show, but I don't think that it's a, it's honestly providing much value anymore in the way that Ramona Singer continues to provide value scene after scene, season after after season. I totally agree with a 100% all of that. I've said that to me, even in the confessionals, I feel that Sonia is playing herself. I don't feel, I feel like she is playing this up and mm-hmm. it's not okay anymore. It's right. You're a one trick pony and you have nothing else going on in your life at all. And the difference is if you think about it, Ramona, as this is going to be an insane statement, Ramona blends more than Sonia. Ramona, Absolutely. throw a new person at Ramona and she gets how the game works. And she's like, mm-hmm. this person was cast. Like, she gets that. She can blend more than Sonia. Sonia, if she doesn't like you, is just going to be like, who the fuck is this? And it's like, Sonia, you better shut up because this is, don't stick out. Shh. 
Remember Vicki Gumbelson? <laughs> just don't stick out too much, honey. That's how I, I don't, I don't think Sonia blends. And I think Ramona blends more. Yeah. Yeah. Ramona blends more. And, you know, Sonia, I think there are very interesting parts of her life, but she just does like, you know what, Sonia, if you really need this paycheck, tell us why the fuck you got divorced. Okay. Tell us what really happened with John Quincy Morgan. That's, that's what will keep get secure you a new, a new, another season. You're never getting back together. It's not like there's any hope of that. It's not like you reveal it on the show, you know, and suddenly an engagement is off. Um, I spill the tea, go on dates and show us what dating is like at this age. But no, we just get her, you know, being wacky and kooky and, you know, getting really drunk and sad and, that can only be entertaining for like a couple episodes until it gets boring or a couple seasons maximum. I will say Sonia has never looked better. She looks incredible. I will just say that. I think Luann and Ramona, all all three of them look great. They all look amazing. But I agree. And like, there's no growth. Like, yes, we had gifts with Luann falling in a, a, like a bush and you got married to Tom. Like, so Luann's different because she, but even now Luann is, going through it and now she's sober and like that's not so easy and she has wine and like Ramona is different I mean she's the same Ramona but she's Sonia there's no divorce marriage dating Mm -hmm. there's no evolution I feel like she's too far gone as a person to like have any evolution or like learn and understand like you don't have to change but I mean, I don't know. I would hate to I say mean, I'm the same person as I was five years ago, for better or worse. I just feel like right. I'm different every year. The fact that she hasn't moved out of the apartment that she's always been in is like a microcosm for her entire storyline and develop character development. She's stuck. Well, I mean, if Leah did orchestrate this plan to fire Ramona, it seems like it's backfiring because... People are not loving Leah and people are, I mean, listen, if everyone is saying that this show is too political and I just want to see a bunch of like wealthy, older white women running around, I mean, Ramona must just be like, she played this well. Yeah. I mean, I think that people see right through it. And I don't think that everyone watching Housewives is as woke as Leah and mm-hmm. Ebony think. I think the the part of the audience that isn't woke turned off, turned it off. And are just like, no, you know, they're already, they don't want to hear about it in their normal lives. So they're not going to tune in. And that was the mistake that Leah made. She thought that everyone thought like her. And it, that's not the case at all, especially the demographic that watches Housewives. And then to that effect, like she tried to hijack, she did the same thing, I guess, than then Bronwyn was accused of doing is like hijacking the show and just saying like, I'm going to produce this show and take it over and and figure out how to steer this ship. Honey, it does not, you will never outsmart a network. It it won't work. You will never win against a network ever period. The end. Well, let me ask you a piercing question, David. What the, what is interesting about Leah's life? What, what's interesting? She's not that rich. Okay. And that, I think that is captivating to witness on screen. Um, she doesn't have a relationship to follow. Her relationship with her daughter is, you know, it's very good. It's not fun television to watch. She lives in a very modest apartment for, you know, when we're talking about housewives, there's nothing really to follow. Like the fake conversion to Judaism. I mean, Leah, Leah could have been a Bethany 
where she could have been a really great chorus. She could have owned the fact that she wants to be rich, like you talked about on our podcast, and been like, hey, like I'm hustling. I'm going to be a great success. I will be wildly successful. I will be on the cover, you know, of a Hamptons magazine. Like I am going for this. But she isn't. Like she doesn't provide that value that Bethany provided as like the underdog in the first couple seasons of Roni. Totally. And like, I feel, and mind you, yes, I feel the demographic for housewives is like into the Ramona, but like, I'm all for like a diverse cast. Totally. And I'm not even saying I'm as bothered as everyone in the world about this season, but I'm just saying like, I do think that if Ebony comes back, they will say no, no talk. No. Or she can talk. I mean, I don't know. I think they'll edit it all out and they'll have like, you know, there's a way I'm telling like, again, like big, big brother or like Salt Lake housewives. I'm all for diversity. New York is very diverse. I'm not saying before everyone listens to this and comes for, you know, me or us and says like, oh, no, have as much diversity as you want. There's a way to have diversity and just go out and have fun and like have a storyline. Well, I mean, and I'm not saying that I mind anything Ebony's doing, but I can tell you the people do because they're not watching. I mean, look at the way Garcelle is beloved. Okay. Garcelle mm-hmm. is a beloved cast member beloved. on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I love Garcelle. And yeah. her storyline isn't about identity politics. It's about just her life and her interaction with the women. And so, yeah, diversity is so great. It, I, I love a diverse cast. I love a Mary on Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. It's not about... You know, it's not about not having a diverse cast. It's just about, you know, the content that they actually bring. Well, and I think that like Garcelle does like, you know, she does talk about race and she does like bring up these issues. But I think um, to me, like on New York, it does really feel like Ebony and Leah are out for blood a little bit as a duo together. And I don't think that Garcelle brings that type of energy. I mean, and that's the thing. Like, I agree with like what you were saying, um, what you were saying, Lauren, about like, Leah, like if this were authentic and people felt it was authentic with Leah, that's one thing, but right. Like I would rather have you say, I went, like she alluded to this for a minute. Like I went to this school and everyone pulled up in a Bentley and I took the bus and that has shaped me as an adult. And I have Mm -hmm. issues with that. And I still think of myself as like the poor girl and I just good or bad aspire to be Tinsley. This is my aspiration because of my childhood. And maybe that's not right. Cause that's what I think. I think that is the real Leah and this is great. And let me hold on for dear life. And I want money and I want fame and I want a house in the Hamptons. And I secretly want to be Ramona and Tinsley. (laughs) And that is a story to me. And like, that's a story feeling less than, mm-hmm. and you shouldn't just because you have less money. But when maybe you were growing up, which she alluded to this, that she got off the bus and saw the rich cars, maybe this has shaped you as an adult. And maybe it's an issue you have to work out that you're looking up and you really want this life. And there's nothing wrong. That's the difference. Bethany says, I want to be a fucking rich bitch. Exactly. And Alex and Simon, they're buying $20,000 dresses and living in a house, you know, that's like un- actually unfit for human it's dwelling. Gonna, it's going to fall apart. Yes. <laughs> that's it's good television. Yeah. And, so just yeah. admit it, Leah, just admit that you, because at night, when we look at your Instagram, I mean, I, I know where you are, honey. I'm, I'm in New York, right down the street. You're at La Bibloquet with Tinsley. And then you're here and just admit that that is the life yeah. you want. It's okay. One thing I want to say about Garcelle to Chandler's point, 
the way Garcelle discussed the fact that Kyle accused her of not paying that amount to charity and the reason why that impacted her, that was a like a masterclass in, and not that I need to prescribe how to discuss race as a white person. I'm not trying to do that, but I'm just trying to say, if we want to talk about like how those conversations and lessons can be learned by viewers, that the way Garcelle handled that and really showed how it impacted her and why it hurt her, that was like a perfect you know, confluence of discussions about race and housewives. But the way Ebony and Leah are going about it, it just feels like manufactured. Do you think, I mean, we never would have said this in the beginning of the season, but I mean, do you think this is enough to put Leah in jeopardy this soon? Like who, who do you think, what do you think is going to happen with this cast next here? <laughs> I mean, Ugh. if, Chan, go ahead. No, you go. Uh, well, and I was then say, what should happen too? If I was in charge, I would fire everyone but Ramona and I would find completely new people who actually have interesting lives and are, and are actually connected. Cause I'm actually, I'm positive that Ramona has a bunch of friends who would be excellent housewives and who sh- she does. I, I, I know the group. Yeah, she does. And she, I'm sure they, they can, they, she probably has friends across the spectrum, bring back Bershawn, bring back Ramona, and then recast with people with family, with actual families they live with, with houses in the Hamptons, with interesting lives, film them going to social events. Let's just go back to what this show actually was created to be. And then also, you know, we should, we can pray to God above that Bethany, that Bethany, um, I looked up her middle name last night. I think it's Rhonda. Bethany Rhonda. Uh, Bethany Rhonda Frankel comes back. <laughs> Sweet. What about you, Chandler? Um, I agree to that. I would not do a full sweep, though. I would, I would not lose Luann because to what we've been saying, she blends. I also think she's a great personality. I like watching her literally. I like the way she moves. I think like her body always feels so tall and awkward and like the most fascinating way. And like, I like seeing her just continue to get better looking as like this seasons go on. <laughs> um, so I would keep Luann. I don't know. Like I, I want Leah to learn her lesson and I want her to become this Carol Bethany hybrid where she's just the quippy, funny, younger person. But I don't know if we're going to get that. I mean, as far as a full sweep, I've never called for one except for Orange County. I I stand by it. I think they should have let every single person go from Orange County. I mean, sorry, Shannon and Emily and Mm -hmm. Gina. I'm shocked they have a job. For this, I would keep, I agree more with Chandler. I would definitely keep Ramona. I think Ramona, listen, even when you're telling Ebony, you don't want to talk about race. No, the world didn't backfire on you, Ramona. It's very funny. It's very mm-hmm. funny the way that she is physically. And th- <laughs> here's, here's the thing. This is what I said before. The fact that like, we're doubting Sonia's legitimacy in those confessionals and in the bathtub and she's playing herself. Here's what I, I'm not shocked that Ramona is saying the things she's saying. I'm mm-hmm. shocked that she's saying them on TV. So that to me makes me like her, like whether you are a Trumper or not, like you are yourself. And that's all mm-hmm. I care about, like for housewives right, or right, any really right. like Ramona is sticking like so good for her for being like, I'm just shocked she's doing it in front of cameras. Like she's just like 
why do we have to talk about this? Why do we have? So whether we should be talking about race or not is another story, but Ramona doesn't think so. And would we, of course she doesn't think so. That's Ramona. So she's sticking to herself and she's being herself. So that's why I think you don't let her go. And she's humorous. And I do think she's a gift from above when it comes to reality TV. I would definitely keep Luann also. Really? Not just because I know her and she was on this podcast. I think Luann is when she does, she's just like, you said like she's humorous when she does a one-liner she still is the countess and she's just like darling like we do not insult one in one's house you right. know this <laughs> this is this is true Luann it's not an act and so Luann believes all the things that are just coming out of her mouth and it's just Luann is great TV and I think she blends throw throw it she does blend whoever comes so I think Luann stays and I think she's interesting to watch and she's funny and I would actually keep Ebony and just really, I'm not sure that this was all. I mean, again, I don't mind all the talk she's doing, but I think that I think there's Ebony could be throw it back, have a drink and just have like drama. Like, I think Ebony could be a housewife. A true oh, I totally life. disagree. So lose totally Leah disagree. and we like lose maybe this like side of Ebony side of Ebony that we don't really like. And, but definitely lose Leah and Sonia, yeah. 100%. Those yeah. are the two. And I think, but here's the thing. If Bethany did come back, I think her and Leah, I think she would destroy Leah. I, I know that oh, she yeah. recommended her back in the day. I think it would be Bethany. I think they would kind of point her in that direction. Mm-hmm. I think Bethany would be there to just decimate Leah. Mm-hmm. Like who Because she, she would expose you? her. For exactly all the reasons that you, you know, you claim yeah. that she's a, that you think that she's fraudulent, she would expose all of that in the most delicious way. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Pray for that. Do you want anyone else from the past to come back? Anyone else that we are overlooking that should come back, regardless of the cast? Uh, from Roni? Yeah. Mm. I mean, other than Bethany. I'm trying to think. I mean, obviously I would love and I would love Alex and Simon to still be, you know, to come back and to still be social climbers. But unfortunately, I think they've become like evolved, peaceful people in Australia. So let me tell you, honey, Alex and Simon. Oh, I've tried, honey. They don't want nothing to do. They're very lovely people, but they want nothing to do with housewives. It's it's unfortunate. They do not want to like matured and evolved. They do not want to step behind the velvet rope. They know, (laughs) they know, they know my game. I smile and I laugh, but they know what is lurking behind these evil eyes of mine. And they know that wisely their experience up behind the velvet rope would not end well. It would end in headlines all over the world Mm -hmm, somehow. So they really, they, yeah, they've evolved those two. I, unfortunately. No more Simon in his red leather pants on Watch What Happens singing his rap. <laughs> it's so funny. I mean, Alex McCord, I don't know why I need to now wax rhapsodic about Alex McCord, but she truly is like such a good human being. Like if you watch those early seasons, she's such a good, authentic human being who never really gets in the fray. And is a, I thought she was like, I think that Alex McCord will remain one of the best housewives we've ever had in spirit in like just the way that she behaves and in her storyline like I I would love to see her come back but as you said she has no 
she doesn't want to step into the sun like thirsty, like Chandler and I as thirsty podcasters do. <laughs> you know what it is? Uh, it's almost like, well, I was going to say, it's almost like Alex was before her time. It's like she wasn't rich Upper East Side, like at that time. So she stuck out and you're like, I don't know. No one cared. They're like, I want the Countess and I want Ramona and all her riches now that we've evolved with our housewives in the world, it's like Alex would fit in better now. Oh yeah, totally. And would provide way more entertainment than, than Sonia in the bath. I think if we couldn't get Alex back, I would bring back, uh, not Tinsley, but her mother. I would like to see Dale <laughs> with this cast. Dale is always welcome. I would say Alex or Tins or Jules Weinstein. I want Jules. Jules. Never liked her, but man, her life has changed a lot. Well, so I didn't like her on the season. That. So yeah. What, what's changed about her life that you'd want her to come back? Well, she's live. I think it's West Palm beach. She lives in Florida. So, but you know, that's a technicality please. Like she wouldn't rent an apartment or something. And right. but I mean like the whole thing with her husband, like she's getting divorced and like, she's accused of, I don't know for sure. I think like th- physical violence. Like, I think oh, she okay. hit him or something like that. She's in, she's, she's, she has a rap sheet now, like all the rest oh my God. Like, <laughs> down in West Palm beach. I think she hit her husband, but they're going through a nasty divorce or their divorce. And these are all like assumptions. I don't know the actual charges or who did what, but she's, she's literally gotten messy of like alcohol, like in public intoxication. And she's the right age. She looks yeah. the part. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think we really got to know a true, I think coming back as a single girl, she would be wild. Interesting. Right. Yeah. With a messy divorce. It's like, that would be fascinating to watch. Um, speaking of divorces and not to take over this podcast. So no, I was so just, just going to say, we're never going to get to the Beverly Hills stuff. I was thinking <laughs> we're never, we're never, I know I'm looking at the time too. I was just thinking we're never going to get there because we have so much going on with New York, but we can do a nod to Erica for a minute. Well, I would love to, but can I ask you one question beforehand? Yeah, you could. Okay. This is a burning question I have, and it's something I'm really wrestling with. Why did, do you know, living in New York, insider scoop, friends with the housewives, friends with the land, why did Bethany and Jason break up? I don't know the answer to this question and I need to know. Like the root of it all? Yeah. Like what, what really happened there? That I don't know, but let me tell you something. I once was in Tribeca near where Mr. Hoppy lives and I was at like a Barnes and Noble and there he was with Bryn and I was like, he could sense, I think like, oh, here's a gay guy. And he's like, I was like, <laughs> I'm not one not to go up to someone, but I got a vibe. I mean, like, what am I going to say? Like, I'm such a, I'm such a fan of your work. Like, like you, you represented yourself. So, so I'm like, I don't even know what my opening line would be here. And Bryn was right. But then Bryn was in the bathroom. And, oh no, this was, I mean, I was like, I'm not going nowhere. I got, I got some time. Bryn was in the bathroom. Like now he's alone. So you can't even use Bryn as an, as an excuse. But I was like, I just, I got the vibe of like, don't you fucking come. (laughs) Really? (laughs) I mean, I think if like, I recognized him from some sports team at the local Y, but I think to go up and say what, like (laughs) you, you and Bethany were such a classic TV couple. Like I was rooting for you. I was like, I just, I got a vibe. And I was like, this man does not want to be engaging with any Housewives fan. But oh my gosh, I don't know. But you know what? Kudos to Bethany because she gets, he's, he was cute and Paul is cute. She gets cute guys. Yeah. 
I mean, yeah, Bethany's also hot as shit and super rich. So kudos to her, but it makes sense, you know? I mean, Lauren, I would, I would venture a guess that Bethany was just Bethany. That's what I was going to say. I mean, let's just, uh, I mean, how and what planet could Bethany be easy to date? I mean, no, no offense. I'm sure I'm a nightmare to date. I mean, I'm single, like as we discussed at the beginning of this step, but I at least know how to, believe it or not, I'm a very laid back person in the world. I'm just not laid back with work. But socially, I know how to just be like, whatever, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. I'm not sure Bethany knows how to really just be like, it's all fine. Who cares? See, see, that's that's where actually I think maybe you've enlightened me because we we watched her paint him through Carol Radswell as like a psycho stalker mm-hmm. ex emailing her abusive stuff. But I was watching the scene where he they're at a bar season two or season three of Roni and he is. He's broad, he is muscular, he is tan, he is hot. He's leaning into her and he's saying, I'm ready for the next step. You're the woman for me. I mean, it's literally every woman's fantasy. Mm-hmm. And I'm and I'm I looked at the screen and I thought, who is this man? And how did he become the psycho that we learned he was eventually? And so maybe he didn't. And he and that's the truth. And it was Bethany. And you, we always see things on Dumois and other sites about people who have dated him or gone on dates because he's always on Bumble or whatever. And they always give like rave reviews or at least say that he's like a very nice guy. See? <sighs> I, I mean, at least in the beginning, that's what I thought. He had the parents in Pennsylvania. His brother passed away. Like, that's not easy. I'm not, I, I, I think maybe like Jason knew who she was, but maybe he just like, listen, it's one thing to say you're signing up for all this, like with the cameras and everything. I don't really think Jason knew what he was getting into. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, sure. When there's a show and you love her and there's now there's a little money for you in the bank account. But I don't think, I think Jason thought his life would be more normal. I don't even mm. mean being on reality TV. I just think Bethany is probably up at 4 a.m. The work starts and it, she's working until yeah. midnight and it's work, mm-hmm. work, work. And I need to be a billionaire. A multimillionaire mm-hmm. is not enough. Mm-hmm. Those jeans aren't going to sell themselves. No. So I don't know <laughs> about Roni, but I think that, I mean, the fact that the reunion is pushed off is certainly not a good sign. And I think, like, I think this has to be like an Orange County crisis where they just mm-hmm. have to do something drastic. And I don't, I really think if this was Leah's intention, it's backfired because this, like, and here's what I think is really the truth. Ramona is just like, you know, in, you know, the season she's in last season and she's like, Ramona, just keep your mouth shut. Like you've seen Kristen come, you've seen Jules come, Jill is mm-hmm. like Ramona's like, let the world love Leah for five years, seven yep. years, two years. This let just let her go. Yeah, she speaks up, she does her job, but she's like, just let Leah do her thing. Mm-hmm. And she'll be gone. Cause I know how I mm-hmm. think Ramona knows how this works. Yeah. I do. Yeah. yeah. I think she's a mastermind of the show. I do. I really do. And I think she's just like, just let herself destruct even if she has five years who cares mm-hmm. I'm gonna have 20 years I mm-hmm. think maybe in five years at 70 years old they might not have Ramona on I mean Ramona's 65 man but <laughs> listen she has to pay like her it's she's keeping herself together she's like this is a business investment I don't think Ramona's going anywhere I really think it will be Sonia and Leah and I don't know I don't know I think that's it 
I, I hope that the Roni's final episode, like if Roni ever ends, I hope the final episode is Ramona's funeral. Like I want to continue watching this woman until she is like under the earth. Maybe Mario is singing effortless in the background. (laughs) Mario, we will, the next time you guys come back, we'll do a Beverly Hills because we've like basically run out of time. We were going to chat about Erica. Sorry, everyone. But like, this really was, I mean, I didn't realize how much we actually had to break down Roni and this crisis of a season. I do have someone coming on next week who is rumored to be in the mix or not in the mix, but the rumor is that people have reached out to her to talk to her about coming on. Okay. Someone okay. You know, that checks the diversity box. I mean, I'm, okay. but like I, who I think would be fucking phenomenal. Love this person. So can you tell us who, or do we just need to look at your roster next week and make a guess? <laughs> <laughs> you need to look at the roster next week. Okay. I mean, no, I mean like we, 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 you'll, it'll be obvious the day it yeah. is because we talk totally. about Roni and like, oh, okay. come on, honey. Like, what can you tell me? And have you been contacted? And what's that like? And would you do it? And is your real, is your family really on board for all this that's coming? And that, so that's coming. So, but I mean, yeah, I don't know. I guess I really I think that I can't judge Roni because I live here. I think I really don't think I have an objective Mm. way to judge it. Although you live here, but I feel that people hate it way more than I do. I was even speaking last night to one of the housewives of Miami and she was like, yeah, I mean, I, I, I I can't watch it. I I can't watch it. I I stopped weeks ago, weeks ago. So people don't watch it. Yeah. I mean, I also think that the other like Keystone franchises are also faltering. And so it's this bigger fatigue. I agree. I ask when housewives come on, I ask them all the time, like, can this go on forever? We don't have the real world. The the real world is off the air people. And we thought that would last forever. So, I mean, I think it's fatigue. I really think personally, and then we'll wrap up. I think that Salt Lake is such a great addition, but I think that tipped the scales and that now with another franchise, it is on all the time. I think that did it. I think it's too much housewives. If you really break Mm -hmm. it down, it's all the same. Yes, Mm -hmm. it's different in some, but it's all the same. There's no story, at least on below deck, people are at work. You could Mm -hmm. go overboard. Like it's, they need something different. They they do. Right. Can, wait, can I say one thing about Erica Jane? This is my parting Please say something. Okay. You and our podcast gave an amazing like conspiracy theory about Erica and Tom. And so, and that basically they're potentially in cahoots. It's all in the realm of imagination and conjecture, but you did say that. I think that a smoking gun happened in the last episode when, when Erica was talking with um, Kyle and saying that she would watch, that she was watching Tom decline. And I think that that was the smoking gun that they are actually in cahoots. And this is something that they, this is a plan that they're now executing because she's now trying to paint him as declining, which fits into the narrative that he's trying, that his lawyers are trying to say he has Alzheimer's. So I, I think that's a really big thing that, that, that was a slip for her, I think. And you think she said that, uh, right. Cause just quickly, like I had this thing where like Tom came home. I mean, Erica came home and the dog ran to her and it was dark and turned on the <laughs> lights. And Tom is sitting there at that long dining room and he's already down to bottle of wine. And he's literally been sitting in the dark for seven hours. Yeah. And Erica's like, you're scaring me. And he's like, sit down. And he's like, you got to <laughs> 
pack your bags and I am the most brilliant lawyer in the world and you will never speak to me again. And you're not just going to file for divorce work. This is going to get ugly in the press and we are going to convince everyone. That's still what I think happened. But wait, so you think when she said to Kyle, he's declining that it was on purpose and it wasn't true. And she's just like, let me drop this because like, this is what's about to happen. Well, this is we, his best defense right now. So he doesn't spend the rest of his life in prison is that he has Alzheimer's. And so that was her, you know, you know, sowing that seed, planting that seed for his case. I have convinced you over to this. I'm (laughs) convinced. I am convinced. I am convinced. I think they're the same person. I think their love actually mattered. Like, I think they were really in love. I think it's a real relationship. And I think that he worked for her. Erica's on the cold side. So Mm -hmm, I think, and not for nothing, when everyone says Erica's an ice queen and she's calculated, well, like I'm, I'm a lawyer. I don't practice anymore. Like that's a lawyer. Like Tom, like Erica thinks like a lawyer. I think they were the perfect match for each other. And I think the problem, I really do think when the world is closing in on you and you've done something wrong, you never I mean, not, I haven't done anything, but (laughs) it sounds like I speak from experience, but I think that, I think that you don't, I think no matter how, I just think like if something is coming for you and then it goes away, like, holy shit, this is the month and it's 2018, it's over. And then it doesn't happen. And then you think at Christmas, nine months later, like, I think when it's coming for you and then it doesn't come, you keep saying like, I'm going to fucking get away from this. And I think when it came, it was too late. It was because that's Mm -hmm. how it works. You never change your entire life. You always think there's that 1% hope. And I think when it came, it was too late. And if they were ahead of this by a year, they would have gotten a divorce mm-hmm. and then the money would have been there and it would have been, it would have worked. I think Tom yeah. is brilliant. It would have worked. And I think Erica's like, just buckle off. And that's not to say she knew. I don't think she did know in that scenario that I'm not defending Erica. I'm just saying, I think that they're in this together. And this is his last act of, I love you. And I could live another 20 years, but I am older and I am going to give you the life. And it was just like, inside she's like this is the, this is my savior this man I mean, right me that's a beautiful once love again story. right and i'm and i'm a cynical person i'm not like <laughs> I'm, I'm from tears. new york yeah like this isn't like i mean but i think this was his last act of like i saved you in the club i saved you here i'm gonna save you i really if someone called nicholas sparks i'm crying <laughs> that was stunning thank you so much <laughs> i i said this in the beginning i'm standing by it i'm convinced this happened all right where can everybody find you guys online um, thank you for asking. We are at Pop Apologists, Pop Apologists on Instagram, and our podcast is called Pop Apologists on wherever podcasts are found. Everyone needs to tune in. You guys will have to come back again. We'll have to like think of another to. topic. We'll do like anytime. another. This was really fun. I'll come on yours anytime too. Everyone, thank you for listening. You guys are great. Keep in touch, and everyone needs to listen to your show too. Thanks, David. David. Talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review. 
because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're Behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you, guys. See you soon.